0: Homily Seventy-Six, Commentary on the Gospel of St. Matthew by St. John Chrysostom, Translated by Sir George Previst. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily Seventy-Six, Matthew Twenty-Four, Sixteen through Thirty-One. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains, and let him that is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in his field return back to take his clothes. Having spoken of the ills that were to overtake the city, and of the trials of the apostles, and that they should remain unsubdued, and should overrun the whole world, he mentions again the Jews' calamities, showing that when the one should be glorious, having taught the whole world, the other should be in calamity and see how he relates the war by the things that seem to be small setting forth how intolerable it was to be. For then, saith he, let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Then, when, when these things should be, when the abomination of desolation should stand in the holy place, whence he seems to me to be speaking of the armies. Flee therefore then, saith he, FOR THENCEFORTH THERE IS NO HOPE OF SAFETY FOR YOU. FOR SINCE IT HAD FALLEN OUT, THAT THEY OFTEN HAD RECOVERED THEMSELVES IN GRIEVOUS WARS, AS UNDER Sennacherib, UNDER ANTIOCHUS, AGAIN, FOR WHEN AT THAT TIME ALSO ARMIES HAD COME IN UPON THEM, AND THE TEMPLE HAD BEEN SEIZED BEFOREHAND, THE MACCABEE'S RALLYING GAVE THEIR AFFAIRS AN OPPOSITE TURN in order then that they might not now also suspect this that there would be any such change he forbids them all thought of the kind for it were well saith he to escape henceforth with one's naked body therefore them also that are on the housetop he suffers not to enter into the house to take their clothes indicating the evils to be inevitable and the calamity without end AND THAT IT MUST NEEDS BE THAT HE THAT WAS INVOLVED THEREIN SHOULD SURELY PERISH. THEREFORE HE ADDS ALSO, HIM THAT IS IN THE FIELD, SAYING, NEITHER LET THIS MAN TURN BACK TO TAKE HIS CLOTHES, FOR IF THEY THAT ARE INDOORS FLEE, MUCH MORE THEY THAT ARE OUT OF DOORS OUGHT NOT TO TAKE REFUGE WITHIN. WOE UNTO THEM THAT ARE WITH CHILD, AND TO THEM THAT GIVE SUCK to the one because of their greater inertness, and because they cannot fully easily, being weighed down by the burden of their pregnancy, to the other because they are held by the tie of feeling for their children, and cannot save their sucklings. For money it is a light thing to despise, and an easy thing to provide and close. But the bonds of nature, how could any one escape? How could the pregnant woman become active? How could she that gives suck be able to overlook that which she had borne? Then, to show again the greatness of the calamity, he saith, Pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world until now, neither shall be. Seest thou that his discourse is addressed to the Jews, and that he is speaking of the ills that should overtake them? For the apostles surely were not to keep the Sabbath day, neither to be there, when Vespasian did those things. For indeed the most part of them were already departed this life, and if any was left, he was dwelling then in other parts of the world. But wherefore neither in the winter nor on the Sabbath day? not in the winter, because of the difficulty arising from the season, not on the sabbath-day, because of the absolute authority exercised by the law. For since they had need of flight, and of the swiftest flight, but neither would the Jews dare to flee on the sabbath-day, because of the law, neither in winter was such a thing easy. Therefore, pray ye, saith he, for then shall be tribulation, such as never was, neither shall be. And let not any man suppose this to have been spoken hyperbolically, but let him study the writings of Josephus, and learn the truth of the sayings. For neither can any one say, that the man being a believer, in order to establish Christ's words, hath exaggerated the tragical history. FOR INDEED HE WAS BOTH A JEW AND A DETERMINED JEW, AND VERY ZEALOUS, AND AMONG THEM THAT LIVED AFTER CHRIST'S COMING. WHAT THEN saith THIS MAN? THAT THOSE TERRORS SURPASSED ALL TRAGEDY, AND THAT NO SUCH HAD EVER OVERTAKEN THE NATION. FOR SO GREAT WAS THE FAMINE THAT THE VERY MOTHERS FOUGHT ABOUT THE DEVOURING OF THEIR CHILDREN, AND THAT THERE WERE WARS ABOUT THIS and he saith that many, when they were dead, had their bellies ripped up. I should therefore be glad to inquire of the Jews. Whence came there thus upon them wrath from God intolerable, and more sore than all that had befallen aforetime, not in Judea only, but in any part of the world? Is it not quite clear that it was for the deed of the cross, and for this rejection, all would say it, and with all, and before all, the truth of the facts itself. But mark, I pray thee, the exceeding greatness of the ills, when not only compared with the time before, they appear more grievous, but also with all the time to come. For not in all the world, neither in all time that is past, and that is to come, shall any one be able to say such ills have been and very naturally. For neither had any man perpetrated, not of those that ever have been, nor of those to come hereafter, a deed so wicked and horrible. Therefore he saith, There shall be tribulation such as never was, nor shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. By these things he shows them to be deserving of a more grievous punishment than had been mentioned, speaking now of the days of the war and of that siege. But what he saith is like this, If, saith he, the war of the Romans against the city had prevailed further, all the Jews had perished, for by no flesh here he meaneth no Jewish flesh, both those abroad and those at home. For not only against those in Judea did they war, but also those that were dispersed everywhere they outlawed and banished, because of their hatred against the former. But whom doth he here mean by the elect, the believers that were shut up in the midst of them? For that Jews may not say that because of the gospel and the worship of Christ these ills took place, he showeth that so far from the believers being the cause, if it had not been for them, all had perished utterly. For if God had permitted the war to be protracted, not so much as a remnant of the Jews had remained, but lest those of them who had become believers should perish together with the unbelieving Jews, he quickly put down the fighting, and gave an end to the war. Therefore he saith, but for the elect's sake they shall be shortened. But these things he said to leave an encouragement to those of them who were shut up in the midst of them, and to allow them to take breath, that they might not be in fear, as though they were to perish with them. And if here so great is his care for them, that for their sakes others also are saved, and that for the sake of Christians remnants were left of the Jews, how great will be their honour in the time for their crowns! By this he also encouraged them not to be distressed at their own dangers, since these others are suffering such things, and for no profit, but for evil upon their own head. But he not only encouraged them, but also led them off secretly and unsuspectedly from the customs of the Jews, FOR IF THERE IS NOT TO BE A CHANGE AFTERWARDS, AND THE TEMPLE IS NOT TO STAND, IT IS QUITE EVIDENT THAT THE LAW ALSO SHALL BE MADE TO CEASE. HOWEVER, HE SPAKE NOT THIS OPENLY, BUT BY THEIR ENTIRE DESTRUCTION HE DARKLY INTIMATED IT. BUT HE SPAKE IT NOT OPENLY, LEST HE SHOULD STARTLE THEM BEFORE THE TIME. WHEREFORE NEITHER AT THE BEGINNING DID HE OF HIMSELF FALL INTO DISCOURSE TOUCHING THESE THINGS but having first lamented over the city he constrained them to show him the stones and question him in order that as it were in answering them their question he might declare to them beforehand all the things to come but mark thou i pray thee the dispensation of the spirit that john wrote none of these things lest he should seem to write from the very history of the things done for indeed he lived a long time after the taking of the city. But they, who died before the taking, and had seen none of these things, they write it, in order that every way the power of the prediction should clearly shine forth. Then, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, AND SHALL SHOW SIGNS AND WONDERS, SO AS TO DECEIVE, IF POSSIBLE, THE VERY ELECT. BEHOLD, I HAVE TOLD YOU BEFORE. WHEREFORE, IF THEY SHALL SAY UNTO YOU, BEHOLD, HE IS IN THE DESERT, GO NOT FORTH. BEHOLD, HE IS IN THE SECRET CHAMBERS, BELIEVE IT NOT. FOR AS THE LIGHTNING COMETH OUT OF THE EAST, AND SHINETH EVEN UNTO THE WEST so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there shall the eagles be gathered together. Having finished what concerned Jerusalem, he passes on to his own coming, and tells the signs of it, not for their use only, but for us also, and for all that shall come after us. Then, when, here, as I have often said, THE WORD THEN RELATES NOT TO THE CONNECTION IN ORDER OF TIME WITH THE THINGS BEFORE MENTIONED. AT LEAST, WHEN HE WAS MINDED TO EXPRESS THE CONNECTION OF TIME, HE ADDED, IMMEDIATELY AFTER THE TRIBULATION OF THOSE DAYS. BUT HERE NOT SO, BUT THEN, NOT MEANING WHAT SHOULD FOLLOW STRAIGHTWAY AFTER THESE THINGS, BUT WHAT SHOULD BE IN THE TIME WHEN THESE THINGS WERE TO BE DONE, OF WHICH HE WAS ABOUT TO SPEAK. So also, when it is said, In those days cometh John the Baptist, he is not speaking of the time that should straightway follow, but that many years after, and that in which these things were done, of which he was about to speak. For, in fact, having spoken of the birth of Jesus, and of the coming of the Magi, and of the death of Herod, he at once saith, In those days cometh John the Baptist, although thirty years had intervened. But this is customary in the scripture, I mean to use this manner of narration. So then here also, having passed over all the intermediate time from the taking of Jerusalem unto the preludes of the consummation, he speaketh of the time just before the consummation. Then he saith, therefore, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. A while he secures them by the place, mentioning the distinguishing marks of his second coming, and the indications of the deceivers. For not, as when at his former coming he appeared in Bethlehem, and in a small corner of the world, and no one knew him at the beginning, so doth he say it shall be then too, but openly and with all circumstance, and so as not to need one to tell these things and this is no small sign that he will not come secretly but mark how here he saith nothing of war for he is interpreting the doctrine concerning his advent but of them that attempt to deceive for some in the days of the apostles deceived the multitude for they shall come saith he and shall deceive many and others shall do so before his second coming who shall also be more grievous than the former for they shall show he saith signs and wonders so as to deceive if possible the very elect here he is speaking of antichrist and indicates that some also shall minister to him of him paul too speaks on this wise having called him man of sin and son of perdition he added whose coming is after the working of satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. And see how he secures them. Go not forth into the deserts, enter not into the secret chambers. He did not say, Go, and do not believe, but, Go not forth, neither depart thither. For great then will be the deceiving, because that even deceiving miracles are wrought. Having told them how Antichrist cometh, as, for instance, that it will be in a place, he saith how himself also cometh. How then doth he himself come? As the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there also will the eagles be gathered together. How then shineth the lightning? it needs not one to talk of it, it needs not a herald, but even to them that sit in houses, and to them in chambers, it shows itself in an instant of time throughout the whole world. So shall that coming be, showing itself at once everywhere by reason of the shining forth of his glory. But he mentions also another sign. Where the carcass is, there also shall the eagles be, meaning the multitude of the angels of the martyrs of all the saints then he tells of fearful prodigies what are these prodigies immediately after the tribulation of those days saith he the sun shall be darkened of the tribulation of what days doth he speak of those of antichrist and of the false prophets for there shall be great tribulation there being so many deceivers. But it is not protracted to a length of time, for if the Jewish war was shortened for the elect's sake, much more shall this temptation be limited for these same sake. Therefore he said not, after the tribulation, but immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, for almost at the same time all things come to pass. FOR THE FALSE PROPHETS AND FALSE CHRISTS SHALL COME AND CAUSE CONFUSION, AND IMMEDIATELY HE HIMSELF WILL BE HERE, BECAUSE NO SMALL TURMOIL IS THEN TO PREVAIL OVER THE WORLD. BUT HOW DOTH HE COME, THE VERY CREATION BEING THEN TRANSFIGURED, FOR THE SUN SHALL BE DARKENED, NOT DESTROYED, BUT OVERCOME BY THE LIGHT OF HIS PRESENCE, AND THE STARS SHALL FALL for what shall be the need of them thenceforth there being no night and the powers of heaven shall be shaken and in all likelihood seeing so great a change come to pass for if when the stars were made they trembled and marvelled for when the stars were made all angels it is said praised me with a loud voice much more seeing all things in course of change and their fellow-servants giving account and the whole world standing by that awful judgment seat, and those who have lived from Adam unto his coming, having an account demanded of them of all that they did, how shall they but tremble and be shaken? Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, that is, the cross being brighter than the sun, since this last will be darkened and hide himself and that will appear when it would not appear, unless it were far brighter than the beams of the sun. But wherefore doth the sign appear? In order that the shamelessness of the Jews may be more abundantly silenced. For having the cross as the greatest plea, Christ thus cometh to that judgment seat, showing not his wounds only, but also the death of reproach. Then shall the tribes mourn, for there shall be no need of an accusation when they see the cross and they shall mourn that by his death they are nothing benefited because they crucified him whom they ought to have adored Seeest thou how fearfully he has pictured his coming how he has stirred up the spirits of his disciples for this reason let me add he puts the mournful things first and then the good things that in this way also he may comfort and refresh them. And of his passion he suggests to them the remembrance and of his resurrection. And with a display of glory he mentions his cross, so that they may not be ashamed nor grieve, whereas indeed he cometh then setting it forth for his sign. And another saith, They shall look on him whom they pierced. Therefore it is that they shall mourn, when they see that this is he. And forasmuch as he had made mention of the cross, he added, They shall see the Son of Man coming, no longer on the cross, but in the clouds of heaven, with power and great glory. For think not, he meaneth, because thou hearest of the cross, that it is again anything mournful for he shall come with power and great glory. But he bringeth it that their sin may be self-condemned, as if any one who had been struck by a stone were to show the stone itself, or his garment stained with blood. And he cometh in a cloud as he was taken up, and the tribe seeing these things mourn. Not, however, that the terror shall with them proceed no further than mournings, but the mourning shall be, THAT THEY MAY BRING FORTH THEIR SENTENCE FROM WITHIN, AND CONDEMN THEMSELVES. AND THEN AGAIN, HE WILL SEND HIS ANGELS WITH A GREAT TRUMPET, AND THEY SHALL GATHER THE ELECT FROM THE FOUR WINDS, FROM ONE END OF HEAVEN TO THE OTHER. BUT WHEN THOU HAST HEARD OF THIS, CONSIDER THE PUNISHMENT OF THEM THAT REMAIN. FOR NEITHER SHALL THEY SUFFER THAT FORMER PENALTY ONLY, BUT THIS TOO. And as above he said, that they should say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So hear, that they shall mourn. For since he had spoken unto them of grievous wars, that they might learn, that together with the fearful things here, the torments there also await them, he brings them in mourning and separated from the elect, and consigned to hell by this again rousing the disciples, and indicating from how many evils they should be delivered, and how many good things they shall enjoy. And why now doth he call them by angels, if he comes thus openly? To honour them in this way also. But Paul saith, that they shall be caught up in clouds. And he said this also, when he was speaking concerning a resurrection, FOR THE LORD HIMSELF, IT IS SAID, SHALL DESCEND FROM HEAVEN WITH A SHOUT, WITH THE VOICE OF AN ARCHANGEL, SO THAT WHEN RISEN AGAIN, THE ANGELS SHALL GATHER THEM TOGETHER, WHEN GATHERED TOGETHER THE CLOUDS SHALL CATCH THEM UP. AND ALL THESE THINGS ARE DONE IN A MOMENT, IN AN INSTANT. FOR IT IS NOT THAT HE ABIDING ABOVE CALLETH THEM, BUT HE HIMSELF COMETH WITH THE SOUND OF A TRUMPET, and what mean the trumpets and the sound? They are for arousing, for gladness, to set forth the amazing nature of the things then doing, for grief to them that are left. Woe is me for that fearful day! For though we ought to rejoice when we hear these things, we feel pain and are dejected, and our countenance is sad. Or is it I only that feel thus, and do ye rejoice at hearing of these things? For upon me at least there comes a kind of shudder when these things are said, and I lament bitterly, and groan from the very depth of my heart. For I have no part in these things, but in those that are spoken afterwards, that are said unto the virgins, unto him that buried the talons he had received, unto the wicked servant. For this cause I weep, to think from what glory we are to be cast out, from what hope of blessings, and this perpetually and for ever, to spare ourselves a little labour. For if indeed this were a great toil, and a grievous law, we ought even so to do all things. Nevertheless, many of the remiss would seem to have at least some pretext, a poor pretext indeed, yet would they seem to have some, that the toil was great, and the time endless, and the burden intolerable. But now we can put forward no such objection, which circumstance most of all will gnaw us no less than hell at that time, when for want of a slight endeavour, and a little toil, we shall have lost heaven, and the unspeakable blessings." For both the time is short, and the labor small, and yet we faint and are supine. Thou strivest on earth, and the crown is in heaven. Thou art punished of men, and art honored of God. The race is for two days, and the reward for endless ages. The struggle is a corruptible body, and the rewards is an incorruptible. And apart from these things, we should consider another point also, that even if we do not choose to suffer any of the things that are painful for Christ's sake, we must in other ways most assuredly endure them. For neither, though thou shouldst not have died for Christ, wilt thou be immortal. Neither, though thou shouldst not have cast away thy riches for Christ, wilt thou go away hence with them. These things he requires of thee, which, although he should not require them, thou wilt have to give up, because thou art mortal. He willeth thee to do these by thy choice, which thou must do by necessity. So much only he requires to be added, that it be done for his sake. Since that these things befall men, and pass away, cometh to pass of natural necessity seest thou how easy the conflict what it is altogether necessary for thee to suffer that choose to suffer for my sake let this only be added and i have sufficient obedience the gold which thou intendest to lend to another this lend to me both at more profit and in greater security thy body wherewith thou art going to warfare for another Make it to war for me, for indeed I surpass thy toils with recompenses in the most abundant excess. Yet thou in all other matters preferest him that giveth thee more as well in loans, as in marketing and in warfare. But Christ alone, when giving more, and infinitely more than all, thou dost not receive. And what is this so great hostility? WHAT IS THIS SO GREAT ENMITY? WHERE WILL THERE BE ANY EXCUSE OR DEFENSE LEFT FOR THEE, WHEN THE REASONS FOR WHICH THOU PREFEREST MAN TO MAN AVAIL NOT TO INDUCE THEE TO PREFER GOD TO MAN? WHY dost THOU COMMIT THY TREASURE TO THE EARTH? GIVE IT INTO MY HAND, HE SAITH. DOTH NOT THE EARTH'S LORD SEEM TO THEE MORE WORTHY OF TRUST THAN THE EARTH? this indeed restoreth that which thou ladest in it though oftentimes not even this but he gives thee also recompense for his keeping of it for indeed he doth exceedingly love us therefore if thou shouldest wish to lend he stands ready or to sow he receives it or if thou shouldest wish to build he draws thee unto himself saying build in my regions why runnest thou unto poor unto beggarly men who also for little gains occasion thee great trouble nevertheless not even on hearing these things do we make up our minds to do it but where are fightings and wars and wild struggles and trials and suits of law and false accusations thither do we hasten doth he not justly turn away from us and punish us when he is giving up himself unto us for all things, and we are resisting him. It is surely plain to all. For whether thou art desirous to adorn thyself, let it, he saith, be with my ornaments, or to arm thyself with my arms, or to clothe thyself with my raiment, or to feed thyself at my table, or to journey on my way. Or to inherit my inheritance, or to enter into a country, the city of which I am builder and maker, or to build a house amongst my tabernacles. For I, so far from asking thee for a recompense of the things that I give thee, do even make myself owe thee a recompense for this very thing, if thou be willing to use all I have what can be equal to this munificence i am father i am brother i am bridegroom i am dwelling place i am food i am raiment i am root i am foundation all whatsoever thou willest i am be thou in need of nothing i will be even a servant for i came to minister NOT TO BE MINISTERED UNTO. I AM FRIEND, AND MEMBER, AND HEAD, AND BROTHER, AND SISTER, AND MOTHER. I AM ALL. ONLY CLING THOU CLOSELY TO ME. I WAS POOR FOR THEE, AND A WANDERER FOR THEE, ON THE CROSS FOR THEE, IN THE TOMB FOR THEE. ABOVE I INTERCEDE FOR THEE TO THE FATHER. On earth I am come for thy sake, am ambassador from my father. Thou art all things to me, brother and joint heir, and friend and member. What wouldest thou more? Why dost thou turn away from him who loveth thee? Why dost thou labour for the world? Why dost thou draw water into a broken cistern? For it is this to labour for the present life. Why dost thou comb wool into the fire? Why dost thou beat the air? Why dost thou run in vain? Hath not every art an end? It is surely plain to every one. Do thou also show the end of thy worldly eagerness? But thou canst not, for vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Let us go to the tombs. Show me thy father show me thy wife where is he that was clad in raiment of gold he that rode in the chariot he that had armies that had the girdle that had the heralds he that was slaying these and casting those into prison he that put to death whom he would and set free whom he was minded i see nothing but bones and a worm and a spider's web all those things are earth all those a fable all a dream and a shadow and a bare relation and a picture or rather not so much as a picture for the picture we see at least in a likeness but here not so much as a likeness and would that the evil stop with this for now the honour and the luxury and the distinction end with a shadow with words but the consequences of them are no longer limited to a shadow and to words but continue and will pass over with us elsewhere and will be manifest to all the rapine the covetousness the fornications the adulteries the dreadful things beyond number these not in similitude neither in ashes but written above both words and deeds with what eyes then shall we behold christ FOR IF ANY ONE COULD NOT BEAR TO SEE HIS FATHER, WHEN CONSCIOUS TO HIMSELF THAT HE HAD SINNED AGAINST HIM, UPON HIM WHO INFINITELY EXCEEDS A FATHER IN FORBEARANCE, HOW SHALL WE THEN LOOK? HOW SHALL WE BEAR IT? FOR INDEED WE SHALL STAND AT CHRIST'S JUDGMENT SEAT, AND THERE WILL BE A STRICT inquiry INTO ALL THINGS. BUT IF ANY MAN DISBELIEVE THE JUDGMENTS TO COME, LET HIM LOOK AT THE THINGS HERE, at those in the prisons, those in the mines, those on the dung-hills, the possessed, the frantic, them that are struggling with incurable diseases, those that are fighting against continual poverty, them that live in famine, them that are pierced with irremediable woes, those in captivity. For these persons would not suffer these things here, unless vengeance and punishments were to await all the others also that have committed such sins and if the rest have undergone nothing here you ought to regard this very fact as a sign that there is surely something to follow after our departure here for the self-same god of all would not take vengeance on some and leave others unpunished who have committed the same or more grievous offences unless he designed to bring some punishments upon them there. By these arguments, then, and these examples, let us also humble ourselves, and let them who are obstinate unbelievers of the judgment believe it henceforth, and become better men, that, having lived here in a manner worthy of the kingdom, we may attain unto the good things to come, by the grace and love towards man of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. End of Homily 76